And welcome back to Real Talk Sports today. I'll be your host, this is Rico. I just want to thank quickly our sponsors out there who have actually put sponsorship on the show. And I want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform here as we are back again here for another show. And today we are exclusively talking about the NBA and actually the second round of the playoffs. I know we last left off talking about the first round of the playoffs. Um, I know that this has been a tricky schedule because they play every other day. But uh, we're going to jump right into it and just basically go ahead and jump into what we were talking about here moving forward into the second round of the playoffs. So I'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat here. Uh, I had predicted that Milwaukee would make it out of this series. However, they are down 0-3 and Miami this was a dark horse team in the east that i had actually talked about here just a couple months ago on the show saying that you know i felt like if there was going to be a team that was going to be a surprise in the east i certainly thought that it would be the miami heat i thought that they were definitely starting to show signs and starting to click um, before they actually went into the bubble and the fact that they did have a winning record against the milwaukee bucks I thought that they were definitely going to be in a good predicament to possibly win a series in advance. Uh, however, I didn't think that Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat would come out this strong and be up 0-3. Um, first of all, you have to tip your hat off to what Jimmy Butler has been able to accomplish in this series. Uh, the fact that he merely outscored the team 17-13 in the last game that they played, and he's been spectacular throughout the playoffs here. Um, as when you look at Miami, they haven't been beaten here. This is certainly a shocker here for Milwaukee. Um, I felt that the way the team was constructed here, I thought that it would be better equipped here for this type of onslaught that you're seeing from the Miami Heat. But they played spectacular on the defensive end. I think that one of the key things that Miami's been able to do here is they've been able to wall off um, Giannis. And so essentially when we talk about wall off, you'll notice that there's usually about three defenders that are kind of right in front of Giannis uh, every time he goes in for a drive forcing him to actually give the ball up um, and the thing is he's giving the ball up and you know shooters aren't knocking down shots the way that they were kind of in the season um, and kind of throughout you know the playoffs as it started here for Milwaukee and that's been troubling. Um, and then you look at the fact that Miami has actually outshot uh, Milwaukee from the three-point line as well in this series. Uh, that has been huge. Um, I think when you look at the way that the games have been going, the pace has certainly been dictated by the Miami Heat. Um, it's been more of a half-court offense, and they've really kind of slowed the Bucks down which has kind of been their calling card throughout the year. Uh, the Bucks have been a very explosive team. Um, and basically it does start with Giannis kind of getting into the paint. And then once he's in the paint, it causes troubles. You start the double team. You start to get a little frantic in your defensive principles. Shooters start to knock down shots. You know, Chris Middleton, uh, Brooke Lopez, uh, Eric Bledsoe, you know, and the list goes on and on. George Hill. And so they've done a great job in basically staying disciplined and taking Giannis away. And, and though Giannis has had some good scoring clips throughout the series, um, you know, it, it's been tough pickings for him. 
And I just think that with what Jimmy Butler, what the Miami Heat prevent, or present here moving forward, I think it's going to be tough for Milwaukee to come back from an 0-3 hole. Now, I'm not saying that it can't be done, but they're going to have to go on essentially a four-game winning streak in order to get it done. And I'm not sure that I necessarily see that. Um, you know, going into this, um, I actually have a bracket here, and I actually had picked this to go to seven, and I thought that Milwaukee would be able to escape here. But uh, Milwaukee's in some real trouble. Um, I, I like Miami to possibly go ahead and close out the series here tomorrow. And again, I think that Eric Spolcher, Jimmy Butler, uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, those guys have been playing outstanding. And so has, has uh, uh, Crowder as well. He, he's done a terrific job on the defensive end for the Miami Heat. Uh, and Dragic, the Dragons played well. Uh, so just the list kind of goes on and on by committee here for the, the Miami Heat. So they've played terrific here. And I expect for them to advance here against Milwaukee tomorrow. Um, and then moving, shifting forward here, still in the East, I did predict that the Rafters would face the Celtics. I did pick the Rafters here in seven. Um, I, 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 I just, I feel like when you look at the Toronto Rafters, it's the same team that they had a year ago. And the question is always going to be now, is Pascal Siakam ready to become Batman when he was Robin? Um, and so that's been really the question, I think, with Toronto. And I think when you look at the situation here, they barely escaped because um, they were getting ready to go down three games to, to, to O there. And then they come storming back after they get that three-point shot from OG there. But the difference has been the shift in shooting. You look at Toronto, they've shot much better from the three-point line, and Boston has gone cold from the three-point line. And you look at the fact that Pascal Siakam has played a lot better. And when you look at what I'm talking about is, is him playing a lot better, instead of Pascal Siakam kind of being a bit more passive, he's been able to get to the cup now and because he's been able to get to the cup, it's raised his confidence and he's starting to shoot a little bit better from the outside. I thought that Pascal Siakam was a bit passive um, in the first couple contests, and that kind of cost uh, Toronto because now they're used to having Kawhi who is able to just put his foot on the gas and go, and the other guys were able to kind of follow. They really need Pascal Siakam to continue to play the way he's wanting to or the way he's been playing in order to advance in this series. With Boston, they still have a real shot to win this series. Um, I, I think what it comes down to now is the fact that you know what you're going to get out of Jason Tatum. I think you pretty much know what you're going to get out of Kimball Walker. Uh, Jalen Brown has struggled today, um, possibly from the carryover from the game-winning shot that they, they had here just a couple nights ago. But he struggled, and... For them to be a success, those guys all have to be clicking and they've got to get at least one more contributor playing well. And that has to be Marcus Smart. In um, one of the games that they won, I think it was game two, he had five consecutive three-pointers. So they're going to need 
the big three to play well, but they also need a valuable contribution from Marcus Smart and and other coming off the bench. Um, you know, that's kind of kind of where the series is. I mean, it's it's tightly contested, just as I thought it was. I I, I suspected that this was going to go to seven. I was shocked when the Toronto Raptors went down 0-2. Um, I'm not shocked that they've come back in the series, especially because you look at Nick Nurse, who was the NBA coach of the year. Um, they run a terrific uh, sets on the defensive end. So many de- defensive sets that they've been running at Boston, you know, whether it's the 2-2, the boxing one. I mean, all kinds of sets that they're, they're, they're doing on the defensive end. When you look at it, they're doing a terrific job in hiding their bigs um, against the small lineup of the Boston Celtics. So, uh, and that really comes down to, to players and, and coaches as well, because you've got to have players that are committed uh, to that. And then also too, you've got to have good coaching to actually recognize that. So they've made the adjustments necessary to put themselves in position to possibly win this series. So, you know, I expect for this to go to seven. I, I think that you're going to see, um, a very, very good game five here that can go either way. Um, I do expect for Boston to kind of answer the tone here. Um, I don't think that they're going to shoot as poorly as they did here um, tonight. I think that they're going to shoot better. And I think, again, that this is going to go to seven. Um, I, again, I had picked the Toronto Raptors and I thought the Bucks here would make the conference finals. But um, you know, this this can go either way. I wouldn't be shocked if Boston wins this. Still have my money on Toronto, uh, the defending champs. So moving forward, we'll shift over here to the West and we'll start with the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Houston Rockets. Um, Houston, you know, they come out, they're 1-0 in the series. Um, I didn't know what kind of Houston team we were going to see. Um And we'll talk a little bit about why I thought that because Denver struggled in game one against the Clippers after they had gone seven. But I didn't know what team would come out with Houston. Um, Obviously, we know that with the Rockets, they have to play small ball. They're committed to it. They've traded away Clint Capella um, and they've they're totally locked into just playing small ball. And so everybody knows that with the Houston Rockets it all starts with James Harden who in turn had a terrific game uh he went for 36 points here in game one and you look at the 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 defensive scheme that they kind of ran here I think when you look in the box score and you look at uh what PJ Tucker was able to do and you look at the job that he was able to to really do with Anthony Davis because much of this series is it's 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 one of two things either the Lakers are going to beat Houston up on the interior with Dwight Howard Anthony Davis LeBron James JaVale McGee they're either going to beat them up inside or Houston small ball is going to win they're going to shoot a lot of threes and they're going to run and run often one of those two things have got to happen for, you know, whoever's going to win the series. And I think that Houston came out and set the tone well. Uh, they came out with great energy. Um, looking at P.J. Tucker and what he was able to do, 
you know, he grabbed the nine rebounds or so. He did have the four personal fouls, but looking at what he was able to do with fronting um, Anthony Davis, making it tough for him to catch it in places where he would feel comfortable. Um, you know, Anthony Davis did shoot 10 of 16 um, and did have the 14 boards. But again, I think that PJ Tucker did a great job in kind of pushing Anthony Davis kind of off the spots. LeBron, 7 of 15. Um, you know, he, he did have the eight rebounds and seven assists as well. So he's kind of setting the table for his team. But then when you look at the others, uh, you look at uh, Markeith Morris. Uh, he didn't shoot very well. You look at Cal Kuzman. He was only three of nine. You look at uh, Dwight. He was all of one. Rajon Rondo, three of nine. Waiters, O of three. Caruso, decent, four of seven. Uh, and then you look at the three-point shooting here. Rondo, two of five. Two of five for Caruso. O of two for Waiters. One and four for uh, for Kuzman. O of one for, Mar- uh, for Morris. That right there was critical for the Lakers because the Lakers coming in, I believe, are one of the worst shooting teams from the three-point line. Uh, they do a lot of their damage from the inside out. And when Houston gets on its run, which they did do, they dictated space and pace, and they were able to put a lot of pressure um, on the Lakers to kind of keep score with them. Um, you know, even was it Westbrook here? He had a terrific game as well. I mean, he shot the 10 of 24. He's always been a volume shooter. Um, he also had the uh, nine rebounds and six assists as well. So, you know, that two-headed monster with the Rockets, it's 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 a gift and a curse. Um I have the Lakers moving forward in this when I, I, I did my bigger bracket here. It's just that Houston scares me. They play this way. They play excellent. They get up in series and then they have trouble closing down in series. Um, they all It almost cost them against OKC. They were up 2-0 in that series and it was a dogfight to the finish line. Um I don't know, you know, could this be a repeat of the 2018 uh, or 2017 playoffs where, you know, they were up on Golden State three games to two and failed to close out and go 0 of 27 in a critical game seven? I, I know we're not there yet, but looking at the totality of this series, Houston has a legit shot. But the question is, too, are they going to be able to close out when necessary? Um, you know what you're going to get from a LeBron James. You know what you're going to most likely get from Anthony Davis. And the talk around the town is, what are the other Lakers going to give you? And this is something that's been the talk of their season. They, they knew going into this thing that they were going to have to try to find a bona fide third score. They haven't really found that. And so I'm not saying that the Lakers are in trouble yet. I mean, we're going to find out here tomorrow when they play, but it would be somewhat of a shocker if Houston is able to come in with the small ball, outrun the Lakers again, and get a win. You know, because you think about it, the Lakers have had some time off for this thing, and LeBron kind of said it in the interview, you can practice and practice and practice, but 
you can't really simulate the speed that the Rockets are going to play with. Um, now, as a Lakers fan, I, I think when you look at, at, at the fact that you did lose game one, you do have to see some encouragement here because I think if you're able to kind of minimize the damage that the Rockets do from the three-point line and you're able to solely take the ball out of James Harden's hands or you're able to take away Russell Westbrook and make James Harden beat you all together, then you're going to be fine, I think, in, in the, the totality of the series. Um, but we'll see here. Like I said, I have the Lakers and I, I have this in seven. I feel like this is going to go seven. I feel like definitely it's going to go the distance. I think Houston is going to give the Lakers all they can handle in this one I, I really do so you know kudos to the Rockets to start off I did do an earlier show saying you know hey is this the year that they're actually going to break through um if small ball is going to work I feel like it has to work this year or else I think Houston will be making some more changes um and, and mainly maybe it might be from the coaching change and I like Mike D'Antoni I like his system I like everything that they have, but they're going to have some real question marks if they're not able to get out of this series. Moving forward to the last series that we have, and that is the Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Clippers. I picked this as well. Um, I, I felt like Denver was going to outlast the Jazz in seven. I did pick that series to go seven as well. Um, when you look at Denver, Denver is a young team and they're deep the problem with Denver is they're inexperienced um, they are they're young pups they've gotten better each year but the only way that they've they can get better is to actually go through the experiences and so with this situation they do a terrific job in evening up the series tonight uh, when you look at what the Clippers were able to do in game one, the difference was Kawhi Leonard has averaged 30 points a game. He went for 29 in game one, and he could have gone for 30, but they took him out the fourth quarter. In this contest, when you look at the defense and you look at the way it was structured, Kawhi had a tough night tonight. He only had the uh, 13, 14 points or something like that, and Every time he had the ball and every time he would drive into his spot, there were at least three defenders in Kawhi's airspace, uh, which made it very difficult for him to operate. Um, and I think they did a terrific job in making it tough for Kawhi. Now, not only did they make it tough for Kawhi, you look at Jamal Murray and you look at uh, the Joker, Nokic, they started off with 20 points apiece in the first half um, and got off to a blistering start. You know, scored this the 70 points or something like that, just just like that. Uh, so that was that's Denver basketball. That's the way that they win games, and they're they're they run, they run, and that's what they do. They're not a half court team. They're not going to beat you up that way. They're more of a running gun kind of team, and so they did a terrific job in getting the runs back and forth uh next i think when you look at what gary harris was able to do here's a guy that has been out for some months with the quad injury or whatever the case may be or, or whatever strain he has uh he knocked down some big shots i think he defended 
very well today too as well. Uh, for the most part, he was out there playing against Kawhi. And then you look at uh, Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap had a really, I think, a pretty good game. And he's been slow in the playoffs here, you know, throughout the first round. But he's had some strong couple games here in game one and game two. So he played well, too, as well. So when I look at the fact that it's 1-1, as a Clippers is a Clippers fan, or if you are, you know, rooting for the Clippers, I don't think you you get too upset about this because the Clippers came back, they put themselves in position, but they never quite could get the stops that they needed down the stretch. And Denver did let the Clippers get back into the game. And all considering, I know that Kawhi Leonard's not going to have too many nights like he did tonight. Um, you have to know that Kawhi is going to play a lot better and he's going to find a way to get it done. Uh, Paul George, he played well today, so you got to give him credit um, for, for playing well and kind of picking up the slack. But once Kawhi kind of gets his ground, once they kind of look at the tape and see what type of swarming defense uh, Denver is playing, I think that you're going to see the Clippers get a win in this series. Um, it has the potential to go six maybe seven um we'll see you know i just know that jamal murray had a terrific series against the jazz with the the 50 the 40 the 50 i, I mean he's something ridiculous that he had there and that's not going to happen in this series i don't see jamal murray just going berserk like that especially when you have two of the best wing defenders in the nba on the same team with Paul George and Kawhi. And then you have Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly, excuse, excuse me, who is an absolute good defender as well, along with the Morris, uh, Marcus Morris as well. So you're, you're not going to have those type of explosive efforts that Murray had before. I think that this game is going to have to be had in the half court game. And I'm not sure if the Nuggets are going to be able to execute at a high level on the offensive end in the half court, and then are they going to be able to defend the way that they defended tonight throughout a series? I've never quite seen Denver defend that way before, um, and I mean it, that that is the the the, the it, it's going to be a, the key to the series, and. Remember, when they were down three games to one, Coach Ballone kind of questioned Denver's effort. You cannot have situations where your effort is not there. Um, that's not a good sign. And the fact that they let the Clippers back into this one um, doesn't bode well for the long term for me. That's why I like the Clippers here in six. Um Possibly seven, but at least in six, I, I like the Clippers to advance as well. Um, so that's really kind of what's been going on here within the second round. Uh, the, once again, my only shocker right now, as I've kind of picked the board for the most part, is Milwaukee and Miami. Um, definitely going to be tough for Milwaukee to come back in this series. And it's just like I said before, I don't know if they're even going to get a game in this series. I, I really... I, I hate to say it, but I think that they're going to get swept here. But again, uh, stranger things have happened. I, I mean, look, Denver was down three games to one. They were able to make 
the adjustments here to, to win their series. Uh, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the case with Miami and Milwaukee because Eric Spolstra and the Heat, they do a good job of making adjustments from from game to game. And I think that's kind of what killed Utah is they never quite made the adjustments that they needed to make on a game-to-game basis uh, to, to stop Jamal Murray from just crushing him like that. And they've done a terrific job, has Miami, in making Giannis really earn every point that he's had. So, you know, it's he's and Kenny Smith made a good point here on the NBA on TNT. He's still scoring and he still has great statistics. The problem is when they really need a hoop, they're not able to get the hoop that they need and they're not able to have that kind of easy go lucky kind of offense that Milwaukee is accustomed to. So um, again, you know, that's just shout out to Miami, that defensive scheme, Jimmy Butler, those guys have been really locked in and, they were my dark horse, but my gosh, I didn't expect for them to be literally undefeated right now in the playoffs. They have the potential to go 8-0 right now if they win. 8-0. Um, and that's going to be interesting. And if they make it to the conference finals, regardless of who they play, uh, if, if it's if it's Toronto or Boston, Miami has quite a good chance against the remaining teams that are in here um, once they get past Milwaukee. If they're able to close out, they have a terrific chance. They have a terrific chance. And whoever comes out of the West, Miami, I think, would have a chance at them too as well. I think, you know, when you look at the totality of this thing in the bracket, Miami has a great chance of, of anybody here coming out of the, the East to to do damage and possibly win a championship. I, I said it here first. You know, it, it is a possibility that they could be able to steal a championship and they could be that dark horse um, as a fifth seed. So we'll see. So that is Real Talk Sports for today. Um, I just want to go ahead and thank our sponsors out there who have actually put some sponsorship on the show. I want to thank Anchor for being our platform. And I want to thank our fans here who have actually chimed in from week to week to actually help us drive content for the show as well. So for myself, Rico, the host, I want to thank you. This is Real Talk Sports with Rico.